Have you heard you can listen to your favorite news podcasts ad-free? Good news. With Amazon Music, you have access to the largest catalog of ad-free top podcasts included with your Prime membership. To start listening, download the Amazon Music app for free or go to amazon.com slash ad-free news podcasts. That's amazon.com slash ad-free news podcasts to catch up on the latest episodes without the ads. Fox 2 presents Hancock and Kelly. And good Sunday morning to you. Welcome to Hancock and Kelly on Fox 2, where we take on the top issues of the week. On the right this morning, Gene Evans in for John Hancock. Good morning, Gene. Good morning. Thanks for being here. On the left, Michael Kelly. Good to have you here, Gene, for the vacationing John Hancock out there on vacation yet <laughs> Hope again. Hope he's enjoying it. Yeah, right? He deserves some Where'd he off. fly <laughs> off to now? Uh, I'm Andy Banker. On the agenda, swamp creatures and duels in the Missouri Senate. Republican senators get vicious. We'll also talk about my exclusive interview with former Governor Jay Nixon on his new role in presidential politics and his belief that someone other than Joe Biden or Donald Trump may be our next president. Also, hail to the squad. Congresswoman Rashida Tlaib of Michigan, who's been censured by Congress for fueling anti-Semitism, comes to St. Louis to launch the re-election campaign of St. Louis Congresswoman Cori Bush. And a trip to the movies for our quote of the week on legalized sports betting in Missouri. Also, the apparent death of a deal on the southern border, Nikki Haley getting under Donald Trump's skin, and Vice President Kamala Harris stepping out of President Biden's shadow. But we begin with all that is going on in the Missouri Senate. Off the rails again, and it's Republicans versus Republicans. A chamber designed to be occupied with civil, principled statesmen and women have been overtaken by a small group of swamp creatures who all too often remind me more of my children than my colleagues. They have called us everything from narcissists to charlatans, when all we want to do is pass the big red policy ideas that were promised to voters of this state every two years. So things came to a head when a group of Republican senators calling themselves the Freedom Caucus demanded a vote on initiative petition reform before taking up any other business. The Senate president stripped Freedom Caucus members of their committee leadership positions, even reportedly took away their preferred capital parking spots. In response, Senator Nick Schroer of St. Charles County mocked the entire process by proposing the return of duels in the well of the Senate, with senators agreeing to terms of the duel and their choice of weapons. The Freedom Caucus is pushing to require more than a simple majority to amend the Missouri Constitution with amendments to allow abortion and sports betting possibly ending up on the ballot in November. Swamp creatures and parking spots, Gene. Where did things go from here? And duels. <laughs> well, Nick has a very good sense of humor. I think he was jesting. Uh, but you see this in states where we have majorities. Like in California, the Democrats are fighting in their factions. Whenever you have these super majorities, you see, tend to see fighting amongst the different parties. And I think we'll see it in Congress with, when the Democrats eventually take control, as we're seeing it somewhat now with the Republican Congress, particularly in the House. Now, Senator Igle, is there something to this? I mean, he says, this is what people sent us as Jefferson City for. Well, but there's people who from the city of St. Louis sent uh, folks who have a radically different idea. 
hence the legislative process, and we come together and make compromise. He called himself a charlatan and a narcissist. It's an excellent description because these are not people who want to do uh, the business of governing. They just want to break things. And I think Gene's exactly right. This is kind of reflective of uh, the partisan divide that we're seeing up in Washington, D.C. Unfortunately, it's coming to Jefferson City. Fortunately for folks on my side of the aisle, they're not going to pass anything. They can't agree on what day it is. Uh, unfortunately for the people of the state of Missouri, this is not what we signed up for and we're becoming a national laughingstock. But isn't this what their voters feel like they signed up for? They want this. I is think that, Is that why Schroer and Eigel get sent there in the first place? I think that up. Uh, primary voters who turn up, which is one of the issues that we see is not enough people show up in primaries. So the people who show up in primaries usually have the most extreme views in your party on either side of the aisle, which is why we have a, a Cory Bush and why we have a, a Bill Eigel. We'll get to Cory Bush, Bush in a moment. At a time when St. Louis County faces yearly budget deficits of close to $40 million, the county executive wants to raise taxes to build a new county government headquarters. The county must bring the 52-year-old Lawrence K. Roos building in Clayton up to fire code by 2028. The Post-Dispatch reports that potential options include 276 million or more than 600 million for a new building. The 276 million dollar plan would be for renovations to bring it up to code. County Executive Sam Page suggests a small property tax hike to cover the cost. Michael, why should county taxpayers invest more than a half billion dollars possibly in a new headquarters building with what's going on now with the budget? Well, they elected Sam Page and Sam Page thinks this is the way to go. Uh, I think this has got a tough road to hoe. Uh, particular $600 million. They have a pretty good-looking building right now in St. Louis County, but it is outdated. It's falling down. They've got to fix that. And so really it becomes uh, weighing what makes the most sense. Um, and unfortunately, in this type of environment, people are going to have to rely on their political leadership. Sam Pages was elected heavily in St. Louis County. I think the voters will listen to him. What do you think, Gene? Mismanagement of tax dollars and property taxes are already too high. Had this county government not shut down all the restaurants and retail establishments during COVID, maybe they'd have more money now. Most government entities have a lot of extra money because of ARPA, but for some reason, St. Louis County has wasted money. I've been in these headquarters. They're in disrepair. They need to be fixed, but we also have to have some sort of fiscal responsibility in the county. All right, let's move on to Cori Bush. The St. Louis Congresswoman launched her re-election campaign yesterday with the help of fellow Congresswoman Rashida Tlaib, who's been censured by Congress. Tlaib joined Bush in a crowd of about 500 people in North County. The two Democrats are members of the so-called progressive squad in Congress. The House censured Tlaib in November for fomenting anti-Semitism for her extreme comments against Israel in its response to the October 7th Hamas terror attack. Bush has used similar rhetoric, but has not been censured. Michael, is this a winning formula in St. Louis? It has been for Cori Bush. Uh, I don't understand it. Um, she's been chasing celebrity since the day she got there. I believe most of her policies are out of line with where her constituents are, but her constituents have handily reelected her. Uh, here we are in the midst of this Hamas-Israeli uh, crisis. She has the largest Jewish population in the state of Missouri. Uh, she's showing her true colors by bringing in Tlaib, of all people, to come and launch her campaign. Cori Bush is not hiding who she is. The voters are going to fully well know in November that they are sending back the same person who has these extremist policies 
Andy, this is what the voters want right now in the city of St. Louis and St. Louis County. Does linking herself with the likes of Rashida Tlaib open the door for Wesley Bell, the St. Louis County prosecutor who's running against her in the Democratic primary. Absolutely, and I would assume he's going to fundraise off of this. He will if he's smart. I mean, he has a chance, but he's got to work a very clever campaign. She's vulnerable, but it, it, I'm telling you, it's going to be tough. I think she probably wins, but he has to take advantage of every opportunity and every misstep she makes, and I believe this was a misstep on her part. To the border crisis now, the U.S. Senate is close to a deal with the Biden White House to address the historic number of migrants crossing the U.S. border with Mexico. Missouri's Republican senators are against that. This just sounds to me like a total giveaway, a total bailout of Joe Biden. Joe Biden is the reason the border is open. Joe Biden should be fixing this. He is totally disregarding the law, and it's time to him, for him to own up to it. Hawley says from what he knows of the proposal, it would still allow thousands of border crossings every single day. The deal for more border restrictions would come in exchange for tens of billions of dollars in aid for Ukraine. Republicans had demanded that the border and Ukraine be dealt with together. Now they seem to be backtracking with a growing number of Republicans changing their tune. Democrats say they're doing this at the urging of Donald Trump, who does not want to lose a border the border as a campaign issue. Is that the way you see it, Michael? Donald Trump said that. He said it himself, that he doesn't want Joe Biden to solve this problem. And I think that's exactly why Mitch McConnell is allowing this to play out. One of the things I've always heard from Republicans and people who consider themselves to be supporters of Donald Trump is they like the policies of Donald Trump. What policy is more associated with Donald Trump than fixing the border? The fact that for after 40 years of no movement on border policy, we have a bipartisan agreement that's coming, driven mainly by the Republicans, and it's being stopped by Donald Trump solely because he doesn't want Joe Biden to have the reward here, it doesn't make any sense. You can't say that it's about the policies of Donald Trump when he's out defeating the one policy that he thinks it says is the most important. I think this is a bad tactic, and I think they're actually pushing what should be the biggest weight on uh, Joe Biden's presidency back to a very neutral issue because the Republicans don't want to do anything. If there is a crisis at the southern border, isn't something better than nothing? Shouldn't Republicans take this, and then if they need more... Go back no, to this, it when they elect Donald Trump. This is a terrible deal. This was not going to get through Congress, no matter what Donald Trump says. Allowing 5,000 illegal migrants to enter the country every day, that's a lot of migrants. I mean, what's next? Are we going to say we're going to allow 5,000 carjackings a day, 5,000 assaults? They're breaking the law. That, it was a bad deal. It was never going to get through. I think McConnell is maybe... Dead on arrival at the House, right? Dead on arrival. So maybe McConnell is, is, is instead of owning up that it was a dead deal, he's blaming it on Trump. I don't know, but this is not a good deal. It wasn't going anywhere, no matter what Trump says. I also want to throw out there the whole thing with Texas. Uh, the Supreme Court says the United States has the authority to cut out all the razor wire that's being installed as it's sort of a border wall down there along the Rio Grande on the Texas border. The Texas governor is defying it, saying, stay out. We don't need your help. Uh, how do you see this playing out? Are we going to have a... Well, I hope not. I mean, our own governor is now saying he wants to send the National Guard down there. I don't know why they're A lot of Republican Yeah, and I don't understand why they we're all trying to test every institution that matters. Uh, we have a thing called federalism in the United States Constitution, which I usually get lectured by my Republican friends about following the Constitution. That's what Texas is violating. What do you think? 
There's a humanitarian crisis going on on our southern border. This is not good for anyone. It's not good for the migrants. It's not good for Texas. It's not good for the cities that are trying to help folks who have come in illegally. I think the Supreme Court got it right on the Constitution, but the policy is very bad. And it's not just bad for the United States. It's bad for the migrants who are suffering. We ha have kids in cages. We have people being separated. We have people dying, drowning down there. It's a humanitarian crisis. Something needs to be done. Biden needs to step up and get something done. And if he doesn't, it's only natural that the Texas is going to. Thank you, Gene. Up next, Donald Trump wins the New Hampshire primary, but is Nikki Haley getting the better of him? And Vice President Harris comes to the forefront as she and President Biden pivot to the issue of abortion in their re-election campaign. Or listen to the podcast. Just search for Hancock and Kelly. President Biden has apparently moved on to a new top campaign issue, abortion. The strategy has put the vice president front and center, center who says on this issue, women should be calling the shots. The government should not be telling her what to do with her body. This is, in fact, a health care crisis. She and the president have apparently shifted their strategy of running on Bidenomics and Donald Trump's legal troubles. Abortion rights have been a dominant and successful election issue for Democrats since the U.S. Supreme Court overturned Roe v. Wade in 2022, something Donald Trump is taking credit for. Is this issue alone enough to beat him in November, Michael? Uh, no, I, yeah. Um, I mean, he's going to win. Uh, and it's because of antiquated policies and taking credit for taking away health care from women. 54% of the people who show up in November to vote for President of the United States will be females. The Republicans are way out of touch on abortion, top to bottom. Even if you believe there should be restrictions on abortions, we live in a state where you can't even have an exception for incest or rape. That dog's not going to sell. Uh, and for that reason, I think this is a smart policy for the Biden administration to continue to remind voters that the Republicans are way out of touch. Are they right to be putting their eggs into that basket? Well, Republicans are losing on the messaging on this. And I hear from conservative women all the time that have traditionally voted Republican and who are going to vote Democrat because of how this is rolling out. I think it's important to note that the two remaining candidates for president on the Republican side both have a more nuanced view. Trump has said things and Nikki Haley have both said things that have a more nuanced view than what we have here in Missouri. And all of the federal delegation in Missouri believes that there should be exceptions for rape and incest. So the, the policy that we have in Missouri is very restrictive and more restrictive than most voters here. If, if, if we don't do a better job as Republicans on messaging this and figuring out where most people are, which is not full-term abortion, which is where a lot of Democrats are, and it's not complete bans, it's somewhere in the middle, we don't figure that out, we're going to lose and continue to lose. Former President Trump beat Nikki Haley by 11 points in the New Hampshire primary, but then became incensed by her refusal to drop out of the race after just two small election contests. This race is far from over. There are dozens of states left to go. And the next one is my sweet state of South Carolina. She was up and I said, wow, she's doing uh, like a speech like she won. She didn't win. She lost. Mr. Trump then announced that any donors who continued to donate to Haley's campaign, and he called her bird brain, 
will be forever barred from his MAGA movement. Haley says her campaign raised $1.6 million the first day after Trump's announcement. It's more than $4 million now. Also, Friday, a New York jury handed down an $83.3 million judgment against Donald Trump for defaming former magazine columnist E. Jean Carroll. Mr. Trump had allegedly, or had already been found legally liable for sexually assaulting her. Uh, that verdict came last year, but the incident happened back in the 90s in a New York department store dressing room. Michael, how much more does the possibility rise that Donald Trump, don't all of these things start to mount and maybe he's not going to be the guy, the Republican nominee in November? Does it ever add up? Well, you sure would hope so, right? And, you know, Donald Trump continues to show that he's a sexist and a racist uh, with his attacks uh, constantly. You'll remember he was attacking Barack Obama, saying he wasn't America. Then he was going after Kamala Harris. Now he's going after Nikki Haley, somebody inside of his own party. Uh, so he continues to alienate women and, and more moderate voters. You couple that with these continued judgments and a president who just can't control himself. He's like a toddler when it comes to running his mouth, and therefore he puts himself in these predicaments that continues to put a spotlight on the chaos and turmoil that is Donald Trump. He's going to continue to lose in court, and he's going to lose at the ballot box. I put my thumb in the air Friday when the verdict announcement came down, and I, it just seemed to me like things are changing. People I talk to seem to be having enough to hear with Donald Trump. Yeah, I, I think the Democrats want to run against Trump. I think he's the only person that Biden could potentially beat. And Nikki Haley in the polling shows that she can beat him, and, and she doesn't have the baggage. So I think it would be good for Democrats if Trump is the nominee. He may still win. I don't think we're going to know until till November. As far as him being sexist, I think he's like this towards everybody. And the, the threats about going against the donors, I mean, a lot of politicians do that. They don't usually talk about it publicly. They do it behind the scenes. And I think one of the things people like about him is he just says what he's thinking. It also hurts him. In this case, it cost him, what, $83 million? It's a lot of money. Still to come on Hancock and Kelly, our quote of the week is on yet another attempt to legalize sports betting in Missouri and former Governor Jay Nixon now playing a key role in having someone other than Joe Biden or Donald Trump become our next president. It is shaping up to be a Trump-Biden rematch in the 2024 presidential election, but former Missouri Governor Jay Nixon has something to say about that, given the new job he's just taking on. I still believe there's some opportunities uh, for us to reorient uh, towards a common good, uh, not let the two parties uh, have control uh, in, in the way they have. And, and plus, the, the, the swamp of Washington is just basically controlling all the dialogue. This is how we he has joined the No Labels organization. He's in charge of securing ballot spots for a bipartisan centrist ticket, candidate for vice president and president in all 50 states. He says they'll announce their candidates in March if things keep looking like they look, like it's going to be Trump-Biden. Gene, can a third-party candidate become the next president of the United States? It's unlikely, but he's not wrong. People are asking for another choice, and good for him for stepping up and putting some action behind the words. You wouldn't need 50% to win. 30-something might make you president of the United States in a crowded field. Yeah, and they, these folks could wind up playing spoiler. Appreciate the sentiment. This process will ruin what the true outcome should be, which is the people deciding. 
Now to our quote of the week as we decide who gets to the Super Bowl on this Sunday. Bills to legalize sports betting in Missouri have repeatedly failed in the Missouri legislature in recent years. The state's top pro sports franchises are now teaming up to gather signatures to put the issue before Missouri voters on the November ballot. There is also a new bill in the House, and the state rep who is sponsoring it gave us our quote. Dan Hawks of Warrensburg said, I feel like it's Groundhog Day. <laughs> it's quick, but it's a reference to the movie, Gene, where we do the same thing over and over and over. Another year of trying to legalize sports betting in Missouri. Does it make it this year? No, not going to happen. And all bills take a long time, and they usually take several years, but this one, I, I don't see it happening this year. No, Never? it's not going to make it through the legislature. Hopefully it will be on your ballot. If so, it will pass. And next year, being Groundhog Day, We'll be talking about it all over again. <laughs> Final thoughts are next. First, Bomberito.com drone fox over the city foundry in Midtown. Final thoughts, Gene? Yeah, next month in February, filing opens for those who would like to run for the state legislature. And I want to encourage all of you to get out there and have your voice heard, especially women. We need more women to run for office. Michael. Here, here, and speaking of women, we lost a great woman here from St. Louis and Jane Gephardt, the wife of Dick Gephardt. Dick Gephardt was the oh. congressman from St. Louis. Uh, she passed away earlier this week. It was so sad to lose Jane. I don't have enough time to tell you about her. A spectacular woman, a spectacular couple. Rest in peace, Jane Gephardt. Thank you, Michael. Our sympathies to the Gephardt family. We'll see you next week.